G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Welcome to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. My name is Margaret and I'm from Dallas and I try to wake up early in the morning around 4 a.m. so that I can eagerly listen to Dr. Youssef's message before I pray. He has a fresh, strong, anointed word from the Lord that always comes from a biblical perspective. I am thankful and encouraged that he is continuously abounding in his great love for the Lord Jesus Christ and he is also abounding in the power of the Holy Spirit always and forever. Margaret from Dallas. Thank you. If leading the way has impacted your life in a special way, Dr. Yusuf would love to hear about it. Call our special testimony hotline at 1300 133 589. Follow the prompts and let Dr. Yusuf know your story. 1300 133 589. And learn about Dr. Yusuf and the worldwide impact of this ministry by visiting ltw.org. ltw.org. Thanks for joining friends around the world for leading the way with Dr. Michael Yusuf. Today, Dr. Yusuf helps you experience the grace and provision of God through the life story of Naomi and Ruth. Listen with me as we begin today's life changing message. Look at chapter 2 with me. I hope you got it in front of you. In the second half of verse 3, as luck would have it. You got it in your Bible? No? It's not there. It's not there. That was a test. (laughs) As it happened. Who made it happen? The sovereign God. Ruth found herself gleaning in the fields of Boaz. Why? Beloved, the Scripture from cover to cover affirm the sovereignty of God. Even in the situations that are inexplicable, even in circumstances that do not make any sense to us whatsoever, it makes sense to God. Look with me again at verse 3. As it turned out, as it turned out, who made it turn out? Not as luck would have it, no. The gracious, sovereign, heavenly Father. And that is why the writer for the book of Ruth, he does not wait till chapter 3 to introduce Bowers. He introduces Bowers in chapter 2, very early on. (laughs) There is wisdom in that. But what is even far, far, far more important than that is that Bowers turned out to be, as we say in the South, a kinfolk. He's a kinfolk. <laughs> and my beloved friends, this is the first clear indication that God 
is working behind the scenes to bring great things out of the pain and the suffering and the trials. Don't ever forget that in your darkest moment you are favored by God. Why else would He have saved you? Why else would He have adopted you? Why else would He have redeemed you? Why else would He have called you His own? And so Ruth, who's a Gentile, don't you ever forget that? Gentile. She's a Gentile. And you know the animosity. She's a Gentile. But she was discipled in the Word of God, in the Old Testament, by her mother-in-law, Naomi. Because in that very action of going out and gleaning, there is a knowledge of the Scripture, particularly Leviticus chapter 19, verses 9 and 10. Look at it with me, and I'm going to read it word for word, because I don't want to mess that. It's so important. Listen carefully. God speaking to the landlords, the farmers, those who own the land, just like Boaz and those before him. Here's what God is saying. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not totally reap the corners of the fields, nor shall you gather the gleaning of the harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. And so young Ruth followed the Scripture that was taught to her by her mother-in-law. And she goes out as a stranger, as a foreigner, to glean from the field of Boaz as luck would have it, right? (laughs) Bowers is a kinsman. What is a kinsman? Well, in the Old Testament, the concept of family is a whole lot more than we now refer to the nuclear family. It's a lot more. It's basically anybody who's your blood relative is a family. And that is why the widows and the orphans were always come under the cover and the protection and the provision of the family, not the government. The family was the basic unit of the Israelites' social and kinship relationship. If you read carefully in the book of Joshua, you remember when Joshua took the people into the promised land and defeats the Canaanites, and they go in there, and the land started being divided. Why is it being divided the way it was divided? And if you read it carefully, it's divided according to families, clans, and tribes. All according to they inherit this family. Why? Because they believed with every ounce of their being that God is the one who owns the land and is giving it to them for inheritance. You see, the faithful Jewish believer in the Old Testament believed that there is not an inch in the universe that God does not own. He entrusts us with His properties. He entrusts us with His money. He entrusts us with His people in our family. And that is why we have personal responsibility. You see, responsibility to manage what He places in our hands. We are working for the boss. We're not in business for our own. We don't own our money. We don't own the cars and homes and everything else that we have. Responsibility to be stewards for the owner. He owns it all. In fact, throughout the Scripture, the balance between divine sovereignty and human responsibility is on every page in the Scripture. He's the owner. We are the tenants. He is the owner, entrusts us 
to be faithful with what He places in our hands. Everything we have is His, and He can take it away in a flash. I've seen it with those two eyes when we're not faithful with God. In verses 8, 9, and 10 is where you actually see the engine room of God's grace. Not a single person at the sound of my voice who had not received grace from God. We're all recipient of His grace. Some of us take it more for granted than others. Some of us are more grateful for the grace of God than others. But nonetheless, all of us have received grace from His hand. But here, you get the chance of seeing the engine room. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's where grace is working. Because it was compassion. It was compassion that motivated Boaz and meets Ruth at the point of her need. Now, beloved, listen to me. It was compassion that caused Jesus to leave the glories of heaven and come to earth. It was compassion that makes our Lord continuously, constantly meeting us at our point of needs. There is more. There's a whole lot more. Ruth calls herself a foreigner. That's what she called herself. But Boaz called her a daughter. Did you get that? She calls herself a foreigner. He calls her daughter. Now, I'm getting ready to shout because I know what I'm going to say. I hope you're going to get ready to shout like me too. <laughs> While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were strangers and foreigners from God, He called us His children. When we were at enmity with God, He called us sons and daughters. When we were in a state of rebellion against God, He called you a friend. When you and I were totally unaware of God's love, His love reached out for our hurt and for our pain. Look at how the kinsman redeemer treated this faithful Ruth. First of all, he sweeps away all of the doubt regarding her being a kinsman. Then he gives her the run of the field. Not just those corners and not just the gleaning. No, the whole field is hers. Then he offers her protection. Then he offers her water to drink, not just during the breakdown, but anytime she wants to. Ah, <laughs> oh, but this is just the beginning. This is just a token of the grace. The rest is yet to come. It will going to follow the abundance of grace. And beloved, I am convinced with every ounce of my being as I'm standing here before you that God wants to pour His grace. He wants to pour His blessings upon His children, but only if they're faithful. Look with me at verses 11 and 12. You see, like Abraham, and don't you ever forget, Abraham was a pagan before God appeared to him. He was a pagan worshiper. He's an idol worshiper. Ruth was pagan, Moabite. And like pagan Abraham, in obedience left home and family to follow God's call. She leaves home and follows Naomi, but she more than follows Naomi's God. Listen carefully. God is no man or woman's debtor. He is not going to be indebted to you. He will not allow himself to be indebted to you. Jesus said that even a cup of water God rewards. When you have been faithful to God, and you may go through a rough patch. And remember this, we all go through rough patches. 
Remember Asaph, the author of some of the Psalms? Psalm 73 is one. When he was going through this rough patch and seeing the righteous suffering and the godless being blessed, he wondered aloud, thank God we have it in the Scripture, in Psalm 73, is my faithfulness to God has been worth it. Is it worth it? Look where I am, and I've been faithful to God. Beloved, listen to me. That's a thought from the devil, and treat it that way. Because what God is doing is He's working behind the scenes. He's working, He's working, He's doing, He's molding, He's planning of how to reward your faithfulness when you're going through the rough patch. He's working His way out of how to bless you for your faithfulness. To put it in the language of the Apostle Paul, he is doing something exceedingly, abundantly above what you can think or imagine. Now, in Ruth chapter 2 is an amazing picture, but those of you who have never seen a farm or know anything about agrarian society, you want to say, well, you know, he just picked up some grains. And so I want to explanify it for you, okay? Uh, all you smart 21st century scientists, I want to explanify this for you. Okay, I want you to use your imagination, because without using your imagination, you miss out on an incredible blessing. Just think of yourself as a temporary worker in a big company, or minimum wage earner. And then all of a sudden, you hear on the PA system in the company, John Smith, come to the receptionist. You're calling my name. Why is that? In this case, it was Ruth the Moabite, come to the receptionist. I mean, you're half worried and you're half excited. Uh, you don't know why they're calling your name and you don't know why. Have you done anything wrong? Are they going to get sacked? Or what's going to happen? And so nervously you go and say, Well, I am John Smith. I'm Ruth the Moabite. At that point, they tell you that you are invited to have lunch in the executive suite with the CEO of the company. Huh? You're speechless. You're stunned. You're almost fainting from feeling giddy and surprised and, and all of the emotions that go through inside of you. This is what happened here in Ruth chapter 2. While Ruth, still basking in this glow of having lunch with the boss, <laughs> he says to her, but that's not all. That's not all. Eat all you want, and then you're going to have a doggy bag for your mother-in-law. Except they didn't call it doggy bag then. You have enough food to eat, and then take as much as you can, or as much as you want to, for Naomi, your mother-in-law. Oh, Ruth. Oh, Ruth. <laughs> But this is just the beginning. The abundant life is coming. The blessing is coming. The doors of heaven have not opened wide yet. The best is yet to come. The abundance of blessings is yet to come. The windows of heaven are yet to be opened wide. The Bible said that God moves us from one point of glory into another. Can I get an amen? amen? Now watch this. First, Ruth's faithfulness to Naomi is where it all began. That's where it all began. Then her faith in the Lord God of Israel, the God of Naomi, verse 12, 
is far more central even in Bauer's thinking. Bauer's sought to compensate her abundantly for the losses and the sacrifices that she has made. Oh, but that's only a small deposit. This is just a deposit. This is a tiny deposit in comparison to the abundance that God is about to bring into her life. In chapter 3 and 4 of the book of Ruth, we're going to see that. We're going to see that overwhelming abundance of the grace of God. Look with me at the amazing provision of God, verse 13 all the way to 23. Ruth response to Bauer's graciousness is very important. Listen to me. This is a role model for all of us of how we respond to the grace of God. Listen, your response to God's graciousness with you is of vital importance. Jesus tells us that He watches to see when He gives us small blessings, little blessings, small deposits, and He watches how faithful you are with that little that He's given you, how faithful you are. And then He says that he who is faithful with little will be faithful in much. So He begins to enlarge your tent. He begins to enlarge your territory. He begins to bless you abundantly. Verse 13, Boaz is moved by Ruth's humility. I believe with all my heart, God is moved by humility and gratitude and thankfulness. She said, You are most gracious to me, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, even though I'm not one of your servants. Ruth was happy to settle for a servant-master relationship. She was ready to settle for that, but that's not how God treats us. He said, I no longer call you servant. I call you what? Friends. She saw herself as unworthy of the grace that she received. Look with me at Bowers's response to her humility, verses 15 and 16. He goes way beyond what is required by the law of God to an amazing grace. He goes beyond his duties Beloved, that's why it's called overwhelming grace. We call it amazing grace. Amazing grace means it is mind-boggling. He has gone beyond the letter of the law to let love fulfill the law. Hear me right, please. Bauer's overwhelming generosity demonstrated the character of God as he revealed it in Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. I want you to imagine this. Imagine with me. When Ruth comes home to tell Naomi what happened at work, <laughs> just think, and she comes home and says, Naomi, I can't wait to tell you what happened at work today. Naomi, of course, immediately realizes that Yahweh's hand in working in this marvelous provision. She immediately sees Yahweh's hand. Verse 20, this was a confirmation to Naomi that her God has not despised her, that her God had not forgotten her, that her God had not forsaken her, that her God is rewarding her for coming home. 
And you heard me talk about that last message. She came home, and God is going to bless her coming home. God is blessing her for returning home to His people and His land. I can only imagine how Naomi's mind was racing. (laughs) Imagine her hearing that story, and her mind was going a million miles in a minute. (laughs) She said, Boaz? Did you say Boaz? Did I hear you correctly? His name is Boaz? (laughs) Is that his name, Boaz? Verse 20. Yeah, that's our relative. He's our kinsman redeemer. Ruth, you're not only granted provision of food for the rest of the harvest season, but for the rest of your life. Ruth, you're not only temporary blessed, but all of your future is blessed. Ruth, you're not only counted among Boaz's workers, you're a friend. Ruth, you are not only blessed for now, but you will become the human ancestor of the Messiah. Obed, Jesse, David, all going to come from you all the way to Jesus. My beloved, this is God's blessing of salvation. He's not only promised to never leave you nor forsake you, but He promised to guide you all the way home to heaven. God's blessing of salvation is not only to forgive you all of your sins here and now, but to keep you safe for all of eternity. God's blessing of salvation not only that will make you not longer a stranger, but you become a son and a daughter. (laughs) But not only that, you're going to inherit everything Jesus inherits. God's blessings for your salvation will keep you protected, and it's going to keep you protected even from your own foolish decisions. He will keep you protected even if you are prone to wander away from Him, will keep you protected from your ingratitude to His grace and blessing. He will keep you protected from being preoccupied with His blessings and ignoring Him, even when you're focusing on the wrong things, even when you are indifferent toward the Lord, even when you attempt to get out from under His wings and His shadow, His security for you is indisputable. Please hear me right. One thing that's going to lift you out of the depth of your pain, whatever pain you're going through, one thing that will lift you up from whatever circumstances that are weighing you down is when you realize that you are an imitator of your kinsman redeemer. You are an imitator of your kinsman redeemer. Therefore, what you and I need to do and must do should do, have no option but to do, is to express grace towards somebody else, is to express grace to someone whom we think they're not worthy, (laughs) to see your blessings as something to be used to bless God and His work, not just for you. Let me conclude by saying the prayer of John Wesley. This is a prayer that John Wesley prayed on a regular basis. Let me do all the good I can 
to all the people I can, by all means I can, as often as I can, for I shall not pass this way again. Be an imitator of your kinsman redeemer by demonstrating the character of God, the God whom Ruth came to believe in and worship. Dr. Michael Youssef, encouraging you to be an ambassador for God's grace, today on Leading the Way. If words from Dr. Youssef have brought up questions for you, maybe you'd like to speak with a member of our pastoral team. Fill out a short form at ltw.org slash Jesus. ltw.org slash Jesus. And so our time together has come to a close for today. Do join us again next time, won't you? This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 